This is the Detroit Sports Podcast Network. Standing here with Kay Felder, back here at Callahan Hall. How you feeling about being back here, Oakland versus Detroit Mercy? Oh, man, it's rivalry week, but it's not really a rivalry because we win most of the time, but I'm here to see a great show, and so far that's what I've been getting. So far, so good, man. Oakland dominating Detroit in the first half. Uh, man, first half was pretty good, but... 20 minutes left, anything can happen. Best, best of luck, rest of the way. Thank you, sir. Questions for Coach Campy? Did you see a little more fire in your team tonight? I don't think we weren't ready to play last time. I think we, you know, rivalry games are, you saw the Michigan-Michigan State thing the other day. You never know what's going to happen. The first game at our place, they came in, and, you know, we led the whole way, and late in the game, our guys, you know, were, were scared and nervous they, that they could lose. They were 20-point favorite. They were 14-3. and three. Detroit came into our place too, and whatever, and we had told them, "You got to understand, Detroit's got pretty good talent, and the reason they're two and fourteen is they they get in foul trouble and whatever the reasons were at that time." And we explained to them they were a good team, and it was a rivalry game. And I don't think we didn't have fire, and I don't think we didn't play. I just think, you know, Isaiah got hurt, and we were we were we were afraid to win or afraid to lose or whatever that statement is, and and we did, and and we haven't been have not been that good since. And it was great to see the first half tonight because that's the team we were, you know, when we were 14 and three and ranked and all that kind of stuff. That's the team we were, and and since the Detroit game, we haven't been that team, and we've kind of lost our sw- swagger. And and I thought we got it back tonight, and I think this was a a great place to come. You know, I got a lot of Detroit kids. Uh, Sharon had a lot of great wins in Callahan Hall at Pershing High School, and you know we've won here what three. Three out of the four times we've played now since we've been in the Horizon League, so the place has been good to us and and, and these players, and and they came in and they played. I thought I thought we were really really good for 37 minutes, 36 minutes. I thought the last four minutes we we weren't very good. How did you feel about Daniels and Neely, their combination tonight, running your offense? Um, I thought they did a good job. I thought Sharon did a good job also. Now he ended up we ended up with 11 turnovers, but we had three in the first half. And I thought the first half we, we came in, we were, we were prepped for all the stuff that, you know, hurt us the first time. I thought we, we really handled the press well in the first half. We handled, you know, they had no steals at halftime. And that's something they did to us at our place. We were careless with the ball and nervous and that. And I thought we, we played with poise and confidence until the last four minutes. And then, and then we played really stupid. Coach, what did it mean to have Kay here for the game tonight? I didn't know he was here, so for me, I don't know. Maybe the play, the play. I know he was at shoot around today, so I guess for the players, but he was at the Youngstown game. I mean, he's still a part of us. This, this, he's still our players are in constant contact with him. We, we, he's. I mean, he was a special, special player for us, um, and I'm sure that whenever he comes back, they want to show him something. So I'm, I'm sure it meant a lot. Last four minutes, you said they played a little bit silly, a little bit stupid. What would you like to see them improve upon late in games? Well, uh, we got to understand down in distance, right? We, we get a break, we get the ball back after the shot clock non-violation, and we got 29 seconds on the shot clock. And, and Sharon had come off some inbounds plays wide open and not taking shots. And I had said to him, why am I running these plays to you if you're not going to shoot the ball? And again, it's that lack of confidence in himself, which he's never, that's never been a problem. So I guess he was going to prove to me, <laughs> that, yeah, I will take it off the out-of-bounds play, but not with two and a half minutes to go in a 10 or 12 point, and I think they went down and made a three at the other end. So, you know, our, our understanding of down and distance and our intelligence factor bothers me. And, I'm, and 
probably bothers me too much. Maybe I even affect them late because I'm so upset with them, th those plays. But I'd like to always believe we're a very intelligent team. I have, I, I have a team GPA of three point. I have scholar athletes. I believe that we should be smarter on the court than we are. And those things bother me, and, and maybe they shouldn't. So. And the other thing late in the games is we dribble the ball against. You don't dribble against teams that are small and quick and live by the press. You don't dribble the ball against them. You catch, you square up, and you pass it, and then you make them chase you. And we were dribbling the ball. Shran tried to go score, you know, with 15 seconds on the shot clock. And then they went down, made another three, cut it to eight. So, you know, just those plays bothered me. But and they shouldn't because we played a great basketball game. Coach, how tough is it to guard uh, Jaleel Hogan, the guy that has about 50 pounds on everybody else that you're, you're throwing at him? He's a really good player. I mean, he's one of the better players in the league. I, he's probably he's probably the second best post player in the league because I believe Jalen Hayes is the best post player in the league. But I'd love to have them both. I mean, I mean, who wouldn't? You know, I mean, he's a, he's an all-league player. And we mixed up what we did on him tonight. Um, you know, I got criticized heavily the first time for not doubling him. And uh, the reason we didn't double him is we led the whole way and we held him to three for 20 from the three, and that's what we wanted to take away in that particular game. And, you know, so we didn't double him. Tonight we mixed it, we doubled him, we didn't double him, we doubled him, we didn't double him, we just mixed it up. Um, he still had 20-some points, though, because, you know what, he's a, he's a hell of a player. And uh, you're not going to shut anybody out. I thought our defense was great until the last four or five minutes. I mean, I think they scored in, in 15 points in the last three or four minutes of the game, and they ended up with 80. They hadn't been in the 60s. How important is the next stretch of games at home? <laughs> We've got to figure it out at home. I mean... Uh, Scott can verify this, but I think in league play over the last two years we're seven and seven maybe at home, and I think we're I think we're fourteen and two on the road. This team this year is eight and two on the road now. It's, you talk about toughness. We're eight and two on the road. I will say this: three years ago we went undefeated at home. So who knows what causes that? But we got Valpo coming in. We're, we've got a chance to win the league still. They've still got to go to our place. They've got to come here. They've got to go to Northern Kentucky. They've got to go to Wright State. They've got a tough road ahead of them. And, uh, you know, if we, can, if, if we can win next Friday night, we're one game back and we'd have the tiebreakers. So it's a huge game for us. Uh, it's on national TV, ESPN2. We'll probably have, uh, you know, 4,000. We'll probably pack the place and sell it out. Yeah, it's really important. It's what you come to school for. It's what you play for. National TV audience, full house, a rival. I mean, they're, they're a rival. We've been playing them for a long time, and usually it's for championships. You mentioned that you know you kind of went into a little tailspin after the, the last time you guys met. Do you think it took a little wind out of you guys, out of the team? Did you see that from them? Oh, I Did think you mention that you kind of yeah, I, I think they ripped our heart out. I don't think it took wind out. I think they reached inside our chest and took our heart out, and I think we laid on the canvas for nine seconds. I don't think there's any question. I mean, the, two nights later, we played the worst basketball game I've probably ever coached. They, I mean, we laid on that canvas. And, and I'll tell you what, the honest God truth, we got a break. We had a great free throw shooter miss free th six free throws. I mean, three free throws with six seconds left. Or we would have lost another game to a last place team. And s since he missed those free throws, we've won four in a row. I mean, we got a break that helped us get off the canvas, you know. So maybe maybe Rocky got up because Adrian he could hear Adrian yelling or something like that, you know. But we got up and now we've won four in a row. But sometimes it takes that. 
But I would love, I love how we played tonight. I love how we played. That was the team that was 14-3. Thank Thanks, you. Coach. What a, what a tremendous day uh, here in Titan territory uh, for a couple reasons. Uh, the 77 Sweet 16 team and Dick Vitale coming back into Callahan Hall generated a lot of buzz and excitement as a result. I think we saw a crowd and upwards of uh, almost 6,000 fans. You know, unlike anything we've seen, you know, this season or in recent seasons, um, it's definitely a, a testament to our lineage and our history. I uh, was really uh, excited to see a guy like Terry Durod get his name um, into the rafters where it belonged in Titan royalty. Um, was equally as compelled at those guys being able to spend a little bit of time with our team and giving them some advice about playing together and some of the testimonies from their era that we can share as lasting lessons as we rebuild this era of Titan basketball. I'd like to credit uh, Oakland University they did a great job this uh, evening of uh, really uh, executing their game plan. Um, one of the things that is important to note in Horizon League play, the teams that are at the top do a really good job of not beating themselves. Um, a game that had low turnovers from both teams. Unfortunately, uh, in the first half, our turnovers really hurt us. When you look at the fast break points, I believe it was 20 to 7 to end the game, which created the separation that I thought our opponent needed tonight. And then when you look at that and you're working hard to try to get back in a game, also the, de- the difference at the end of the day when you look at a three-possession loss for nine points, Look at the made free throws against both teams. The difference is nine. And so it's those real simple areas of the game that we really got to make sure we sure up uh, for future opponents that are coming up next week in UIC and Valparaiso because, again, those teams that are at the upper echelon of the league find ways not to beat themselves. Coach, what did Terry Durod and the guys from that 77 Sweet 16 squad talk to your players about? Before the game. One of the things that um, Terry wanted our guys to really understand is that even in lieu of all their accomplishments, what was the secret behind their sauce is that they did it together. And they would talk about nights where he might have 35 points or if there was a three-point line, you know, they would, they would probably beat teams by larger disparities. But what he also talked about is the person who passed him the ball, the person who set the screen. Everything they did, they had relationships that were lasting now in upwards of 40 years. So we had a great turnout today as a result of that. I thought our players were able to see that connectivity. And when you're retooling a program like I am right now at this stage of our history, it's so important for those guys to be around those successful teams of the past and understand the tradition and the ingredients that go into it. And Coach, you talked about how you guys had a poor first half. What was the difference in the second half where you guys turned it on, had a better second half too than Oakland tonight? I think, you know, energy sometimes trumps strategy. I thought early in the game uh, with an atmosphere that's atypical for us um, due to the fact that we hadn't generated enough wins to garner this type of attention, this type of crowd, I thought adrenaline got the best of us. So we looked a little lethargic early, but I chart that as guys maybe begin hyping the warm-ups, you know, maybe draining themselves a little bit. And once they got their sea legs back under them, I thought you saw a different team in the second half, a team that not only outscored them by eight or nine points, I believe, in the second half, but a team that was had better flow, better movement, um, was able to turn them over a little bit, things of that nature, like we had enjoyed with this team at various points in time through the year. So again, uh, new territory for us, you know, uh, something that you know the better teams in our league are used to. Oakland plays in front of you know uh, three thousand, four thousand fans each and every night, even in a smaller arena. But that stimulus of having that type of atmosphere around you consistently when you're a successful program becomes the new normal. We're not there yet. 
Is that good for your guys to experience this type of atmosphere at home, kind of give them some type of vision as to you know what Callahan Hall can look and feel like you know, to have a big crowd on here. I think you hit the nail on the head, you know, and it's been a number of years since I've been here um, in any capacity, even as an assistant. It was a 10-year lapse before I returned as the head coach. And I recall, you know, seeing crowds like this cutting down the nets in 1999 for the only outright uh, conference championship in our school's history against Cleveland State. And so for our kids to be able to experience this type of atmosphere with those many fans, I think is not only good for our players to have something to shoot for, but I thought it was really exciting for our recruits. You know, uh, we win plus five at their place. They win plus eight at our place. I think the Metro Series is here to stay. I think it's a great, great, you know, uh, rivalry uh, for this area. Uh, I think it's a, uh, got a, a large level of interest, and I think it's only something that's going to continue to grow um, as we uh, move forward in seasons ahead. I think you talked about the importance of your players seeing some of the older guys like Durad and Curator and stuff. What does it mean for you as a younger coach for, to have Perry Watson and Dick Vitale maybe talking to you or you seeing them out here tonight? It means the world to me. I mean, as the 21st head coach in our history, Terry, it was so compelling to see the second all-time winningest coach in our school's history sitting uh, courtside within an earshot of me, uh, seeing the fourth all-time winningest coach. Is it fourth, Coach Vitale? Yeah, uh, in our school's history, uh, sitting right within an earshot of me. Because they both had encouraging things to say throughout um, the pregame, uh, halftime and after the game and when you're uh, trying to develop a program just like both of those coaches had to do in their initial years uh, they didn't come out of the gate going to Sweet 16s, neither one of them um, Coach Watson was fortunate enough to usher in a 1994 team uh, when the league didn't have automatic bid and to create some buzz and excitement back in those days, Coach Vitale was just trying to you know, get you know, the talent upgraded, you know, starting with the Lavelle Lucas Perrys and guys from that group and that era, so it's really compelling to have those guys around encouraging you, which is what I got from it uh, more than anything else. And I was pretty inspired. It kind of got me juiced up, if you will, having those guys, you know, in Titan uh, territory. And one of your guys' calling cards and some of your wins, kind of the comeback that you've had the last month or so has been the turnover differential. How come tonight you guys really weren't able to kind of make that a factor in the game? And like you said, the first half, I think they turned it over just a few times. Oh, exactly. Well, you know, Credit Oakland, for starters. I thought Greg Campion and his staff did a marvelous job this go-around of having not only great spacing, but great patience within the traps. Now, we didn't show a lot of that in the first half, if you noticed. okay? And a lot of that is by design based on the fact that you don't want to give a person long stretches and halftime to make adjustments. As a result, you saw that defense a little bit more in the second half, and that's where the turnovers occurred. Um, but even in those instances, I thought they did a better job of uh, not only moving the ball in game one, I thought they moved the ball and tried to attack initially off that first pass. Tonight I thought they moved the ball twice and then attacked, creating long rotations for us, which led to layups, easy scores, and maybe rhythm shots. And so you got to give them a lot of credit for their ability to execute the game plan based on um, some of the miscues that they had versus that defense in game one. And one of the things that we tried to do uh, in addition to that is make sure in our rotations when they made us rotate twice, which is my point, uh, to try to limit the fouls, and that's why I spoke to that statistic in my opening remarks about them scoring nine more points than us from the free throw line, and essentially that ended up being the game. Now, Bakari, you played two games against Oakland. Your first season now as head coach here at Detroit. What are your takeaways now from this Metro Series versus your rival, Oakland University? I think, I think we're going to see them again. 
Motor City Madness at the Joe is going to be unbelievable this year. And I'm not sure there's any team that wants to see the Detroit Titans in the first round. I can guarantee you that. You know, we're getting better. We're improving, I mean, each day, each week. I mean, you can see that. I mean, just when you thought this game was out of reach, I mean, it was a ball game. And so it's very important uh, for us to understand that in a rivalry, competing, understanding that records doesn't matter, energy trumps strategy, the toughest team gets to set the rules, you know, is a part of all of the ingredients that goes into that rivalry. I don't care which rivalry you pick in our state. You know, this is one I think that's growing. I think it's here to stay, and we welcome the challenge. Coach, what's the latest on the Chris Jenkins injury front? Okay, Chris Jenkins uh, sat out um, about a week ago uh, due to a growing strain that he had that sat, that eliminated him from Wisconsin, Milwaukee, Green Bay here in our homestand against those teams. Um, <coughs> excuse me, this go around. He had a knee collision to the thigh, and so he's had, he has a little bit of soreness there. Um, we gave him a lot of treatment around the clock, dating back to yesterday, before the game, during the game, at halftime. And again, with, with three more home games to go, five more games left, we'd rather have him healthy down the stretch leading into the playoffs. So I didn't want to overdo it you know, in this particular contest. We make no excuses that had no, no bearing on the outcome of this game, per se. Um, but again, you know, Chris has been uh, nursing and uh, fighting through those um, – Nicks, you know, that everybody gets at, during the dog days of February, this juncture of the season. Any more questions, Coach? Thank you.